It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., General Manager of KWM Radio, God Country, Texas, always in that order. And I'm sitting virtually with my attorney, who should be your attorney, Dallas Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney, Michael P. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, my middle national is really B. Uh-huh. Uh, as in B is a beautiful, uh-huh. but uh, you said P, so I guess uh, tell me what the, the, the initial P stands for today's uh, show. Well, you set me up every show because we talk about every show in advance and what we're going to discuss, like every other talk show host do. And uh, today uh, we want to talk about protection, and that's your middle name, whether it's your family, yourself, and especially your listeners and clients. And that's what today's topic is related to, and I want to get right into that because it's complicated and it's a bit ominous based on what you told me going in. So let's do that and discuss specifically what the SECURE Act has done and how that, Michael, could be, to use your word, detrimental to people's estate plans if they have trusts. Yeah, particularly if they have contingent trust because the... I was just talking to a financial advisor uh, on this, this Friday, past Friday, and mm-hmm. um, uh, he was telling me that custodians are going to be on the conservative side, and so if the language in your trust, uh, this is particularly with regards to IRAs or 401Ks, retirement accounts, um, does not give specific instructions, which most of them would not do prior to January 1st, uh-huh. when the law changed, then they're, they're going to have the IRA for the child come due all in, could be all in one year. So let's say you a child has inherited a million dollars, then they would be income taxed on a million dollars all in one year. And that's not what most people want, because that's a big old income tax. So let me kind of clarify when this is applicable, and then what can be done. Okay. Uh, so first, um, first, what a lot of people do, whether it be in their will or it be in their trust, or if they have a standalone IRA trust, they often name the beneficiary, let's say after spouse, uh, they name their uh, the beneficiary to be the trust the trust within the will or a trust within a trust or naming the trust itself as the beneficiary. Okay. So now, why do they do that? Why do why do people have contingent trust within a will? This gets back into the question of, you know, a lot of times people think, well, why do I even, I just need a simple will anyway, right? Um, 
or simple trust, and maybe that's applicable. Uh, but the reason why sometimes people do that is because the uh, the bottom line is that uh, uh, sometimes uh, people want to protect their family from lawsuits or bad marriages or spouses remarrying. And so instead of it going outright to that beneficiary, it goes to them in a trust, a trust that they may be in control of uh, in some respects. Uh, but they uh, would, this, you know, a lot of times we're concerned about protection, asset protection. So that's where the P comes in that you were mentioning. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to protect our children from creditors, bad marriages, and spouses remarrying. So uh, uh, prior to this year, uh, one of the things that people could do was to um, name the, if you have an IRA or 401k, uh, maybe you have a child as a beneficiary, and you had language where the uh, beneficiary could stretch out that IRA over their life expectancy. Okay, so when you have an inherited IRA, basically, the child could have the money go tax-deferred. You know, so the whole idea was to have money grow uh, through your lifetime. That's the whole idea of an IRA originally was to, you know, plan for retirement. Then when you take out of that IRA, then you get income tax. And so the money, Congress wanted you to save money for retirement, so they said, okay, we're going to give you these tax benefits, uh, so we're going to let you... um, uh, if you do the set up an IRA, we'll let you have the money go tax deferred, but eventually you have to pay the taxes. Okay, so uh, and also the kids when they inherited the IRA. So let's say a 50 year old child inherited an IRA, then they would go by that child's life expectancy, and the child could, if they wanted to, you don't wait until you're. Uh, 72, uh, that's the new Secure Act uh, amount for a 50-year-old, is they don't have to take out a distribution if it was their own retirement account until their age 72. Uh, it used to be 70 and a half until January 1st of this year. So now you'd say, okay, uh, can we stretch this thing out anymore? No, the answer is no. Uh, the law now has changed where... The, you have to take it out within 10 years following the year of death. So uh, prior to the law change, uh, being changed, you people often name the, let's say you had a trust for a 50-year-old and you had a million dollars, uh, and that million dollars went into the trust. Uh, prior to January 1st, the child could have still stretched it out over life expectancy, and the parent was concerned that, if my child dies, they may give all that IRA to their spouse, and the spouse may remarry, and the IRA that I work so hard for all my life could go to some family I don't even know. And so um, I want to make sure it goes to my grandchildren or my other children or whatever, as opposed to that no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law. So to do that uh, in a will or trust, uh, you would have the... Uh, trust within that for the benefit of the child to protect the funds. And you'd have special language in that will or trust so that people could stretch it out over their life expectancy. That's what it was prior to January 1st. Of course, um, as you know, with government, laws could change. And, uh, and, and of course, if we've talked on prior shows, we anticipate a lot of other changes in the future, 
because of the pandemic. Uh, we anticipate higher taxes or less benefits, etc. cetera. Uh, well, anyway, so the law changed uh, now as of January 1st that you have to take out within 10 years, the child has to take out within 10 years following the year of death, unless they're disabled or if they're chronically ill or if they're a minor, uh, then in those situations, uh, then you could still stretch. So, or, or if you're a surviving spouse, you could still stretch. Um, but now, um, um, the law is that you have to take it out within 10 or 11 years. Uh, I say 10 or 11 years because it's actually 10 years following the year of death. So after both spouses die, let's say, if there were two spouses or if you're just an individual, whoever that beneficiary is, if it's an individual and they don't fit within those categories of being disabled or chronically ill or a minor or within 10 years or being a surviving spouse, then you have to take it out within technically 11 years. Well, mm. you say, okay, so that's you, you can take it out one-tenth each year normally, but if you had a trust and if you don't specifically state that they have the authority to have access to it, then what ha- is happening in the real world is that custodians are going to be conservative and make you take it all out in that final year. Mm. In other words, you can't take it out and so that means you're going to get income tax on the whole IRA in one year. Well, that could be devastating. What's, what's yeah. the tax on a million dollars of income? Right. And what happens if what happens if you're it was when you were let's say 63 or 64, and uh, you know when you're on your Medicare your part your Part B premium, it's based on your income taxes. Uh, not that this is that big a deal in comparison to the income tax, but uh, there's other impacts because, like, on your Medicare Part B premium, uh, it increases based on your uh, tax returns for the two years prior to you becoming 65. So, you know, where some people might pay $144.60 or something like that, uh, it's based on income being low enough. But if your income is greater, it could be closer to $500 a month. Well, that's peanuts in comparison to the income tax, but what does this mean in English? It means that if you have, well, first, there's a couple lessons to be learned. Number one is that the if you, first of all, should you protect your children? Do you, is, is, is state planning more than just saying how things go? Death, oh, I could just have a beneficiary designation. It fails to, if you don't uh, think about the, is it something that you want to do to protect your children from lawsuits or bad marriages or drug addictions or their child spouse remarrying or disability, etc.? Is that important to you? You know, because sometimes bad things happen, and sometimes you know our best laid plans uh, don't come into fruition because it's not always the way you think it is. It's not the way it is now. The planner has to think about what bad things could happen in the future. Could there be a pandemic? We probably didn't think that there would be. Who ever thought about a pandemic? Nobody. Yeah, so it could be that the, yeah, so the child could have have died. The child could have been disabled. The child could have been, or in this case, who knew that the law was going to change? So uh, the first thing you have to think about is, 
do you want to protect your family in case bad things happen or or not? And if you do, and if you have, and usually a lot of times the largest asset that people have, other than maybe their homestead, is a retirement account. Right. So if you, and if you wanted to protect that retirement account from, oh, a child's concerned about that no good son-in-law or daughter-in-law, even if they were a good son-in-law or daughter-in-law, they couldn't get remarried. And their new spouse might have, uh, that, uh, that son-in-law or daughter-in-law's new spouse may have health issues. They may got COVID-19. There may be a lot of expenses. Do you want your IRA to go to somebody you don't even knows, uh, know uh, their health expenses? Uh, or would you rather go to your grandchildren or your other children? So for some people, they would rather protect, and other people, they don't care. You say, I'm dead. So whatever it is. So if you have the IRA because you were concerned about um, having a trust within your will or a trust within your trust, where the IRA could go into that box, that trust, um, now the tax law has changed. And not only is the tax law changed, but we have to deal with the custodians. So if we don't change that language, so anybody who had a trust within their will or a trust within their trust, or if they had a separate IRA trust, where the IRA goes into after somebody's death, they probably need to change the language in that. So all any kind of estate planning documents that had that type of thing, you would probably need to change that because it, that is changing the trust language. Because if you don't, the custodians are saying it's going to be all that IRA is going to be held until that final year, and then it's going to be all taxed at once. So in our example million dollars would be taxed all in one year as opposed to taking out, let's say, one-tenth each year. And by the way, when you take out one-tenth each year, the money grows, and then um, and there's less tax each year. So uh, the whole idea is that it probably might grow uh, 50%. So if you had a million, it might be a million five hundred thousand dollars if if there was you know reasonable rates of return. Uh, if you had a, let's say, a 7.2% rate of return, a I don't know if you get that these days, but if you did have, like, the average stock market price goes up uh, within 10 years, uh, it, it doubles uh, every 10 years if it's a 7.2% rate of return. So if that were the case, that million dollars that we talked about, if they only took out, um, uh, you know, one-tenth each year, um, it may grow. And so you usually would want to do that. But if you... Uh, just did the, you had to have it held because the custodians required that because they're going to be on the conservative side because they're looking at the language of the trust specifically, then that means the money would grow and there'll be a higher amount and then that higher amount would all be taxed at one year. So it wouldn't just even be the one million, be with the one million plus the growth. So now there'll be this, all this big old tax all at one time. Amazing, disappointing, um, but here we go again. There's always something. And it's a money grab. It's a power grab. Um, it's politics. And um, unfortunately, it affects many of us, especially Michael's listeners and Michael's clients. And for you to get a handle on this more because it is deep and it is complicated, as you've just heard for the first 15 minutes, you, you seriously need to consider and attend Michael's next virtual online workshop out of the comfort of your own home, sitting on your couch, which is on Tuesday, June the 30th at 1 o'clock um, to address 
these matters or other matters um, that are affecting you and, and your planning and your income. Uh, Michael, you've done so many workshops, and we know they're, they're pretty predictable in terms of what is done, um, but what is asked, it changes every, every time because everyone has different circumstances and because the laws always change. But nevertheless, it's a workshop because you're not dictating things. It's dialogue with the people that attend. So tell everybody about the workshops. Well, we ask people what they want to know, and what they do do, first of all, that is we answer whatever questions there might be. It's just like you just said. Um, we see whatever they want to know, and, and because each workshop is different, then, um, then the, you know, because the, law, the questions are different. Um, so uh, we say, what do you want to know? And then we kind of see what those questions are. We answer those questions within two hours. Uh, we might come, there might be people that will ask, what's a will, what's a trust? Maybe they want to know about this type of protection. Maybe they want to know about taxes. Maybe they want to know about Medicaid and uh, Medicaid benefits. Maybe it's some sort of change in the law, like the SECURE Act. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe some sort of change in the laws that we might anticipate. Oh, the president this last week has suggested that Medicare, that there be a eight-day waiting period after you're in a hospital as opposed to a three-days and so there will be less uh, Medicare benefits that may be hmm. uh, coming down the pike. So you never know what somebody is going to be asking about. Uh, it could be that, oh, what's the new law regarding retirement accounts as far as Medicaid as opposed to the tax right. law? Oh, and so anyway, we, you never know what people are going to ask, and uh, we ask them at the very beginning, what is it that you want to know? And so... We talk about the general, whatever it is, whether it's something general, what's a will, what's a trust, what's a power of attorney, how does, it, how does this affect your situation, is there some sort of Medicaid issue, is there a veterans benefits issue, whatever it may be, the questions vary from time to time, so each workshop is different. Um, what, to, do, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, all you have to do, on, and as you said, it's on June 30th, which is a Tuesday, is to call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop. And if, if you go to this free estate planning essentials workshop with no obligation, and then even if you do that, we give you the option, not the obligation, to have a free meeting to see what your situation may be. Uh, are you concerned about your spouse remarrying? Are you concerned about your children's uh, spouses remarrying? Are you concerned about disability? Are you concerned about whatever it may be? Uh, we just see what your individual situation is, and we see if there's something that you think that you didn't know, uh, just like this uh, on the SECURE Act today, uh, that the custodians would hold the funds uh, till the last possible amount, uh, minute so there might be income taxation. Uh, so, uh, you know, what is it that you want to know? And everybody's situation is different. And so we'll just talk about that individually uh, in private if you would like. Okay. So put simply, Michael, the SECURE Act requires that most retirement assets inherited in 2020 or after be distributed at the end of a 10-year period uh, I think we just said we know why, um, but please iterate 
the solutions to this situation. Of course, they need to get together with you and at least attend the workshop, but do you have some um, final thoughts on what they can do? Yeah. You know, first of all, you may want to have it where the if you don't want to have it all done in about 10 years, one possibility is you change the trust where you say that there's access, and you might even put some some options on, oh, you take it out within 10 years, or you can cap it at a certain amount. You could do that. Or sometimes people do charitable planning if they want to stretch it out. So in other words, you could look at the retirement account if somebody's charitably inclined. They could um, have it where the kid gets the money over their lifetime, and then they, let's say 10% goes to charity at death. So if you have a favorite mm-hmm. church or charity, um, then it could go to that charity. So you might have not only the benefit of doing something uh, for the benefit of your children, where they could get the more money, as it turns out, because it's over their lifetime, as opposed to being taxed immediately or taxed within 10 years, uh, and giving to a charity. So it's possible, depending on, the, of course, the amount of the retirement account, that you could do um, both, and it'd be beneficial for not only your family, but also for a charity. So there are different things that you can do uh, if, if, so, if that's something that you want. But, of course, everybody's situation is different, and that's why people have these what we call vision meetings, because we say, okay, did you realize X, whatever it is? In this case, this example, oh, that maybe you can have the money stretched out longer, and maybe kids get more money. Is that okay with you if they, if with the provision that goes to charity? Now, most people may not be charitably inclined, and that's okay. I'm just asking Robin's telling you the flavors. Uh, so it's just a matter of what, you know, what the client's goals are, and everybody's situation is different. So we just have to find out what those goals are and try to let that client know what the options are. Excellent. Very, very helpful. There it is. I mean, it, it just gets more complicated every day. Uh, the virus hasn't helped. Uh, there's going to be more complications down the road. Michael and I have talked about for many, many weeks that someone's going to have to pay for this, uh, whether it's the government loans, the PPP, um, all the um, the unemployment benefits that consumers are realizing, this is not free, and individuals, I guess, Michael, all individuals are going to have to pay someday, and as far as the politicians are concerned, the sooner the better. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. I think that you have three choices. You either have to raise taxes or you have to um, cut benefits uh, or make it where uh, the taxes come sooner. You know, the Secure Act was that taxes come sooner. You know, you had to right. pay within, the kids had to pay within 10 years instead of their lifetime, so the government gets their tax dollars quicker. So will the, who knows what the future may hold, but we have to think that somebody's got to pay. It's just kind of like we were just talking about just a second ago on that Medicare proposal already this week. Right. And that is, if that proposal is that, We'll pay a lot less on Medicare benefits because we're going to make you wait for eight days to be in a hospital. If we're, if you don't wait for eight days, we're not going to pay for rehab as opposed to three days now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so will our Medicare change? Good chance. Good. Will our uh, some sort of longer period of time before you get Social Security, or could it be, um, you know, something else? Could it be that you get taxed more on if you have a certain amount of income? Uh, could it be that the estate tax limit changes? 
that the laws change to be more estate taxes? Could it be that we cut out uh, medic cut reduce uh, Medicaid benefits? Or uh, you know, I noticed that for on these nursing homes, uh, that a lot of times people have a uh, there could be care at home, and because of the pandemic. Um, people are, want to stay at home. And so the wait list, as of this last week, uh, to get that care at home is now 15000 in Texas. So that means that people are saying, look, uh, we'll have to pay more, and, and that program could go away. Who's to say that that right. program can't go away? Right. We saw in California where they can't protect the homestead anymore because their deficit is so great, and right. that could come to some other uh, state as well. So it could be any number of things. Yeah, and we thought Texas was even off the hook. Uh, they thought they um, flattened the curve much faster, that they reacted faster, and now we're finding out that uh, maybe that's not as much the case as everyone had thought and hoped. So as there are more um, diagnoses, as there are more individuals who contract a disease uh, or die from it, that's just going to cost us all more money. I don't see how we can avoid that. So we think oh, we're in more of a safer zone I guess so, but um, it's still going to cause problems for all of us Texans down the road, and again, maybe, Michael, uh, more sooner than later, which is a sad fact, but um, it's coming. And that's the point, to go and see Michael Cohen to attend his next workshop. And we say attend, we mean online. So you just go and sign up uh, by going to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, Michael B. as in boy Cohen, if you want to Google that, a Dallas attorney, one of the top attorneys in all of Texas. Uh, he has one of the most successful blogs for all of attorneys in the state, and you should read his blog whenever you have the opportunity because it's very insightful and very helpful. Um, but attend his next workshop, and you can see for yourself, right in the comforts of your own home, dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 for that Tuesday June the 30th at 1 o'clock workshop. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.